You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast, interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Well, Bruce, welcome to Real Faith Stories. I am really looking forward to you sharing your incredible story today. Thanks, Brian. I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity and the invitation to share my story. What I'd love to do is start with something you shared with me regarding a incredible experience you had in college. I'd love for you to share how that happened and your father's input and what that did with respect to the absolute shift in trajectory and focus for your life. And then we'll dig into a story years later about the Holy Spirit speaking to you about the sale of a business and how you stood absolutely firm in what he told you to do, and God just showed up. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to share the story. Uh, well, it goes back to when I was 20 years old. I'm almost 59. And so I attended a small Christian liberal arts college in Spring Arbor, Michigan called Spring Arbor College. And now it's called Spring Arbor University. Back then, it was just a small college and still is pretty small. My dad was a Free Methodist pastor. My mom was a teacher. And this was a Free Methodist-based college in Southern Michigan. So it's my sophomore year, and I was wrestling with what I was supposed to do with my life. So I decided I would call my dad, and I really felt like maybe I should become a minister since my dad was a minister. So went down the hall to, from my dorm onto the payphone. Back then, that's what we had, payphones. And I called my dad. And I said, Dad, I think maybe I, I'm being led to be a pastor. And my dad said, ooh, he goes, you're telling me the Holy Spirit's called you without a doubt to, to preach? And I said, well, no, I don't think so. I don't know. And he said, well, listen, that would be a big, huge mistake if you decided to go in uh and become a pastor if the Holy Spirit hasn't specifically called you to do that. And so we had this brief conversation about that. And he was filling me in on, you know, what it means to be called. And towards the end of this conversation, he pauses and he says, now listen, he said, you have to promise me before you hang up the phone, you will not select a major. You will not go in any direction until the Holy Spirit tells you what you're supposed to do. And of course, my response was, well, how am I going to know that? Yeah. And he says, hey, look, you're going to know, he says, because mom and I are going to get on our knees and we're going to pray like crazy. And he goes, you're going to get on your knees and you're going to pray like crazy. And he says, the Holy Spirit will tell you what you're supposed to do. But before you hang up the phone, Bruce, you have to promise me you won't select a major until the Holy Spirit tells you what to do. Wow. So I agreed. I, I hung up the phone and I said, OK, fine. Really didn't know what that meant. And so my class schedule was being built for that semester, and I had one elective class that I still needed to pick, and one elective class that was on the list that was still open, Introduction to Business. So on a whim, I decided to sign up for that class, not thinking anything about it. I attended the first day of class, and it was in a lecture hall, and there wasn't a lot of kids there, but I sat right in the middle of the room. So there was nobody to the right or the left, the front or behind me. I was just kind of by myself in the middle. and the uh, professor started off with this very convicting rant about why God needs Christian businessmen and women. Going into business wasn't a vocational choice. It was a calling. And during this convicted speech that he was giving us for about 10 minutes, the Holy Spirit just lit me up. 
mm. right out of my seat. All of my senses just went on high alert. All the hair on my legs, my arms, the back of my neck, it felt like somebody shot me full of electricity. And I heard this clear, still, but loud voice of the Holy Spirit, just like it was yesterday. And he said, if I allow you to go into business and be prosperous, will you give it back to me? And I sat there and looked around, wondering what in the world was going on. This had never happened to me before. And I answered at that point in time. I said, yes, I will. That's what you want me to do. I left that classroom that day and I, I waited a few days to call my dad back to tell him what had happened because I was still kind of in shock. And so after a few days, I called my dad on the phone and I said, okay, dad, here's what happened. And I told him the whole story. And my dad very patiently and very quietly listened to my whole entire story. And I explained every detail. And when I got to the end of the story, my dad said the following. He said, okay, boy, you've got your marching orders. You're going to go to the registrar's office and you're going to declare a business major. (laughs) You're going to go into business and God's going to prosper you. And you're going to return it to the kingdom. And he goes, no, no matter what anybody says, you don't listen. Unless God gives you a directive to change. He said, your head is down. This is what you're going to do. And you pay no attention to the noise around you. And that was the start of my major in business at Spring Arbor. And that was the start of my business career, which I had really no idea what all that meant at the time. So I started off in business and I've been kind of a little bit of a serial entrepreneur, but I started off in real estate and was very successful. And then I moved into owning my own brokerage company, and that was very successful. And then that transitioned into a building license and construction development company where we built 500-plus houses and condos and did developments in our community. And as I was starting to move along, probably during that construction phase is when the Holy Spirit really got a hold of me and reminded me again, of a call. Now, I was always a tither. I was always a giver. But the Holy Spirit really convicted me again and said, do you remember if I allow you to go into business and be prosperous, will you give it back to me? And your answer was yes. And so I was very convicted at that point. And I said, okay, I'm going to start giving away profit from our company to Kingdom Work. So let me pause here, Bruce. The previous businesses that you were in, the three that you mentioned, you were essentially tithing and you were giving offerings But this was a different level, and God was reminding you of that commitment years earlier, correct? That's right. And, you know, everybody defines prosperity different, right? Mm -hmm. How much money you make, and what does that mean? You know, it's, it's different around the world what people think prosperity is. But clearly, when we transitioned into construction development, we started to make very good profit, and it was growing. And when God reminded me, I was quick to react. And I went, okay, God, what do you want? Now, here's the interesting thing. When I say God spoke to me these words, if I allow you to go into business and be prosperous, will you give it back to me? That day is when God really spoke that to me very slowly so I can understand it. In other words, if I allow you, this was something that God was allowing me to do. He was moving me into business because he was allowing it. If I allow you to go into business. And Mm. then he said, if I allow you to be prosperous. And right then I'm going, this is what you're allowing me to do. And you're blessing me because that's what you called me to do. 
So the last part of that statement or that question is, if I allow you to go into business, if I allow you to be prosperous, will you give it back to me? The next thing that hit me was, you never asked me for a number. You never said, give me 10%, give me 20%, you know, nothing. Mm -hmm. And it was at that very moment that I went, oh, you want it all. How did that feel when you got that revelation? It was a big pause. Yeah. It was a big pause because I went, this is you asking me to give it all, commit it all. And we were making a tremendous amount of money. And so I had to, at that point, really get a hold of myself and go think of the conversation that my dad had, what happened when I was in college, and really go, okay, God, I'm going to give it all. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to give it all. Whatever you want, I'm going to give it. Okay, now that means that I can't worry about Bruce. I can't worry about running after stuff. I have to be willing to write the check and give it all. So at that point in time is when we started to move a lot of profit from the business. And I realized right away, as I was trained as a, as a, a young man, that when you give Matthew 6, which is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, there are three things that God asks us to do in secret. Give, pray, and fast. And I thought, I have to do this anonymously, or it's not going to be honoring to God. God's not going to get the glory if I'm moving this money. And anybody that understands giving knows that when you're giving money, if you're connected to it, they're blowing your phone up. They're asking you for more money. God never gets the glory when you're in the middle of it. So I very quickly realized that I needed a nonprofit and I needed to funnel money from our business to our nonprofit so I could give freely and give anonymously. I started the nonprofit off, and I didn't start with this name. I actually called the nonprofit the Frederick Fund for a very short period of time because my dad's name was Fred. And one day, the Holy Spirit, when I was praying, convicted me of that name. And he said, you know, your dad has never sought any glory, has never given anything but anonymously. Why would you think that he would want his name on this? And he said, my name needs to be on this. And so I said, okay, fine. What, what do you want me to call it? And he said, it's my business. It's God's business. So I called my attorneys and I said, I need you to do a name change. I need this nonprofit to say it's God's business. And so going forward, that's what this nonprofit has been called. And we have been operating this probably now for over 25 years. And just like a new believer, a new called business, trying to figure out what it means to give it all away and understanding how to do that. It's a process. No doubt. And what I have determined is, and this really was a revelation, Brian, just in the, really just in the last few years, when I was a new giver in the business, even though I was giving away anonymously, I was praying and I was seeking out these opportunities, but I was trying to come up with these opportunities in my Bruce brain. Mm. I was seeing needs and I was trying to come up with, okay, this is a good opportunity. So we would move money anonymously and we would share the gospel when we did it and nobody knew it was us and it was fine. But the real secret to doing this is you have to have a dedicated, diligent, persistent, tenacious prayer life and scripture reading every day. And if you don't have that and you're not asking the Lord what to do with the money, you're going to make all kinds of mistakes. There's all kinds of opportunities for the enemy to divert what you're trying to do for the kingdom and move it to a different spot. Move it to what I call to a dead ministry. 
And there's plenty of dead ministries out there that look real because Satan is the angel of light. This is good. People are telling you they need the money and you can see it. It looks real. But in the end, if it's God's business and it's God's money, shouldn't we get on our face and ask God where he wants us to utilize the resource? Absolutely. You know, one of my favorite verses is Jeremiah 33, 3, and it says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Okay, if I'm supposed to give God's money away, don't I want to call to him and ask him, hey, God, where do you want me to move this? How should I do it? How much should I give? Who should I give it to? And that has been the secret for me on really moving this forward is dedicated time in prayer. Bruce, this speaks to the whole idea of a good idea versus a, quote, God idea. Yes, correct. There are so many worthy in appearance places to put money, things to do. One of the things that you shared with me, and this is your quote, I truly believe God wants us to pray more and do less. Let's dig into that because I think it completely connects with what you just stated. It does. And it took me a long time to get spiritually mature. And God wants to see our obedience. Okay, He doesn't care about the amount that you're going to give. There should be no pride in the amount. You're going to give what you can afford to give and you're going to do it the right way. What happens when we go through this whole process is business people, we'll work 20 hours a day to put a deal together. We'll swing our deal sword all day long to make money. But do we want to go down into our prayer rooms and pray and for five minutes and really wait on the Lord to ask the Lord, is this a deal you really want me to do? Mm. So this it's God's business as God continually reminds me, hey, this is my burden. This is my business. This is my bank account. This is me. You're managing my affairs. So I came to the conclusion, I'm like, I need to pray more and do less. I need to let God line up the pieces of the puzzle on what he wants. And I need to ask him as his manager with his resource, do you want me to get involved in that? Boy, it sure looks good to me. Looks like we're going to make a ton of money. And in, in many cases, we could. But we really don't know what's going to be all involved in that decision. So now I have this philosophy, and that is, God, I don't want to be lazy. I'm not. I'm a hard worker. I'm super persistent. Whatever I put my hand to the plow, I plan on being successful. But what I do now is I wait, and I say, okay, God, do you really want me to get involved in this? And believe me, I am not a patient person. (laughs) My wife says I'm the most impatient person, and I get ants in my pants, and I want to go. I see an opportunity, and I want to go. And I have to go down to my prayer room and get on my face and open up the Bible and read and pray and wait. And it is the hardest thing to do. It is the hardest thing to do, to wait for the Lord to go do this or no, I don't want you to do that. And you have to be okay with the answer. You have to be okay with the answer of no. You cannot manage God's business if you're not going to listen to him. In other words, once you give it to him, you can't keep taking it back. You just can't do that or it doesn't work. This speaks to a conversation I've had with several people over the past few weeks about what they call holding space. In other words, being still, not taking action. And that takes an extraordinary amount of faith, to your point, to be still until the Holy Spirit says, now you can go. Or, no, you cannot go. You still cannot go. Right. So let's pivot into... This business deal that you had 
where you felt like you're supposed to sell the business, but not partner with the individual that you felt like you're supposed to sell the business to. Can you go into that? Sure. So a little backstory. We did construction and development until 2004, and we were very successful at that business when the housing market crashed. And we had employees and we had spec homes and we had 70 rental properties that we had built. And this housing market literally imploded at all levels. It was at that point that I got on my face and I'm like, God, you got to show me what to do. I got people, I got staff. And he transitioned us into a business that clearly people will even say today, how in the world did you ever come up with that? And I go, I didn't. It was divine intervention. The business was called US Drive Right, where we were importing vehicles from overseas that were factory right hand drive. We got licensed with the EPA as an independent commercial importer, and we got licensed with the DOT as a registered importer. And that gave us the opportunity to bring vehicles into the country, conform them to meet federal standards, and sell them to rural postal carriers under contract all over the country. Now, that business was supposed to be a side hustle business while we waited for construction development to return. It exploded and it became more prosperous than anything we had ever done. And construction and development went away and the import business exploded and became even more prosperous than anything we could have ever imagined. So our giving increased and we were on a new path with a new business. And we ran that business for about 14 years. And one day, and I, have a, I had a business partner. We were together for 25 years, also a Christian, but not called to give like I was called. But didn't stand in the way of the giving, but wasn't really on board to the level that I felt the Holy Spirit was saying, this is what I need out of you. This is what I want. So one day I'm in my prayer room and I'm praying and the Holy Spirit says, hey, you have to sell this business. It's time to sell it. And I went, we are making seven figures in profit. We are giving. And I don't understand this. Why do we need to sell this business? I got, it's God's business and I'm doing this. And the Holy Spirit said to me very clearly, he said, I have something else for you to do, something very important. And you have to sell this business in order to do it. And I had no idea what that was. Not a clue. I prayed over this on and off for several days, maybe a week. And I finally went to my business partner and I said, hey, I, I think it's time for us to sell the business. And he said, you know what? I think so. I agree. It was very easy in agreement that we both thought we should sell the business. So we prepared a business plan and, and we communicated with our CPA and we determined what it was worth and we were going to put it on the market. And I was in my prayer room praying and I was still wrestling with the Lord. And I said, I don't understand why we got to sell this. It's complicated. It's, you know, who could possibly do this? And it was tied to test labs. And there was lots of things going on that I thought, you know, the Lord might change his mind. And as I'm struggling with this, the Holy Spirit spoke very clearly. And I'm going to change the person's name. But he said, Bob is going to be the buyer for your business. And he's going to ask you to be his partner. And your answer is no. What I'm going to have you do next, there could be no other partner other than me and you and your wife. He goes, no other owners, just you and I. So just like in college, when the Holy Spirit moved through me that day, the same thing as my dad told me, when the Holy Spirit speaks from now on, this is what you're going to feel just like what you felt when the Holy Spirit spoke to you at 20. That's the way the Holy Spirit always speaks to me. So I came upstairs and I told my wife, I said, 
the Holy Spirit just told me that Bob's going to be the buyer for the business. He's going to want me to be his partner. And the answer is no. Now, Bob was our CPA. He was very well healed, worth tens of millions of dollars. And I was prompted by the Holy Spirit at that point in time to get a hold of my Christian attorney. And his name was Bill. And I said, Bill, send Bob an email and ask him if he's the buyer for U.S. Drive Right for this company. And he said, do you think Bob's the buyer? I said, just humor me, Bill, and send the email. So he did. And we got a response back from Bob. And it said, absolutely, I'm not interested in purchasing this company. I'm just helping him with the evaluation. And I have no interest. And I thought, okay, I know what I heard. And I'm just not going to sweat it. About a week later, phone rings. And I answer the phone. And it's Bob. And he says, hey, Bruce, how long have we known each other? And I said, a long time. I said, he goes, how long? I go, I don't know. 17 years. He goes, no, I've been doing your books for about 20 years. And he said, I got an email about a week ago asking if I'd be interested in buying your business. And I responded, no. And uh, you probably saw that. And I said, yes, I did. And he said, you got to believe me. When, when I responded to that email, that was an accurate answer. And I had no interest in your business. But today I'm telling you that that is not accurate. I am going to be the buyer for your business. <laughs> and he said, you know, I have a lot of money and you know, I don't need to go to the bank and I'm just going to write you a big fat check and you're going to be out and I'm going to be in. And I thought, okay, what God's telling me is exactly what's happening. And then he said, but I got one stipulation. You have to be my partner or I won't do it. And I said, well, I appreciate the offer, Bob, but I can't be your partner. And I gave him some reasons why, and but I didn't tell him the Holy Spirit reason why. I just said, I got other things to do and I can't do it. He argued with me on the phone for five or 10 minutes and tried to convince me that we would make all kinds of money. And he was very successful in the community, owned a lot of businesses, had a lot of money. I said, I decline, I can't do it. And he said, well, I'm not going to buy it then. I'm not interested. And so we said goodbye and I hung up the phone. My wife could hear the conversation and she said, are you really certain? And I said, more certain than I've ever been in my life. I'm not going to touch that with the 10-foot pole. As the Holy Spirit was quietly whispering to me on the phone when he was trying to coerce me into saying yes, he was saying, don't you do it. So about another week went by, phone rang again. And this time the conversation started off with Bob, who's not a Christian businessman, cursing at me as not in a bad way, but just frustrated and saying, why won't you be my partner? And I said, Bob, I could be your partner, and I'm flattered that you want me to be your partner, but I can't be your partner. And again, he argued with me for about five minutes until his pride finally took over, and he said, well, you know what? We don't need you, and I'm just going to buy it anyway. And so about 30 days later, he wrote us a big check, and we exited that business. We were out, and he was in. I had a nonprofit called It's God's Business, and now I wondered what I was supposed to do with the profits of the business, what I was supposed to do next that God said I was going to do, and what was going to be the direction that he was going to take me to, because I was quite certain I was too young to retire, and that he told me he had something important planned, and he wanted me to do something else. And so this, again, was me waiting on the Lord and being obedient and not getting in front of him and allowing him to set up the circumstances to get that business sold. And without him, it wouldn't have turned out that way. Someone listening to this is probably saying, wow, waiting on the Lord. How does one transition from being a doer and so used to inserting themselves into things to make them happen 
to being a listener and a waiter on the Lord? Well, let me tell you, I'm the king of what you just said in the <laughs> past of making it happen. And all business people are very successful. That's exactly it. And I can tell you for me, it was God allowing me to make catastrophic errors. And I have made plenty thinking with my Bruce brain, because just because I'm a Christian man, just because I think that I can see opportunity that I know that this is going to work. And so you move forward without asking the Holy Spirit, should I do this? And so you have lots of errors and lots of consequence and lots of pain. So I think the hardest thing is you have to have enough faith to lock your knees, clench your teeth and go, I'm not moving until you tell me what to do. And don't you think God has the ability to course correct us? Because people listening to this might say, well, how will I know? Oh, I think God has a way to let you know, right, Bruce? Yeah, of course. And here's the thing that I will say. Don't miss this. Matthew 6 is there for a reason. Okay, I'm going to jump back just for a little bit and tell you why I know this is so important. So I read through the Bible two to three times every year, and I'm averaging a little over two times every year. I don't read a lot of business books. I read the Bible. That's what I read. And if you're not in the Word, if you're not dedicating time to read the Scripture, and I'm going to put in a plug for the Bible app, because without that, I wouldn't be able to do what I do, because I'm a big auditory guy. I can go in and listen much quicker than I can read, but I absorb this. But without that, you would have no idea. And so, you know, you say, God will give you a course correction. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. God does give me course corrections. And he puts a check in my gut and, and I'm getting ready to do something. And I'm getting ready to write a check and I think I'm headed in the right direction and God's going, uh-uh. But I, I tie that back to, you have to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. You have to have a relationship. You have to know, just like an athlete trains for a marathon. People go, oh, how can you go down in your prayer room and spend an hour or two or three? Well, you don't do that the first time you go down. Just like you can't run a marathon the first time you go out and train. You have to work at it. It's work to go down and spend time reading the Bible and getting on your face and being quiet and praying and listening. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You're going to get down there a lot. and You're not going to hear a thing. But God wants to see you continue to show up. You have to show up. You have to do your part. If you don't do your part, you cannot expect God to give you a course correction when you're starting to make a, a, a mistake. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but don't you want to know if you're about ready to, to sign, put your name on the dotted line, if God's behind it or not? Because it's so easy to put your name on the dotted line, but then it takes you years and years to unwind it after you've made the error. So I went, wow, I don't want to do that anymore. It's painful. So me going down and dedicating myself to prayer, reading the Bible has been the single biggest thing to get me connected more intimately with the Holy Spirit, where I can hear his voice and I can sense his presence. And he gives me those course corrections. And that's the biggest thing that I want other Christian business men and women to hear me say today. If you're getting tugged by the Holy Spirit and you think that you need to turn your business over to the Lord, you have got to dedicate yourself to prayer and reading the scripture or it will not work. What springs to mind is in John chapter 1, where it says Jesus is the Word. So when you spend time reading the Word, who are you spending time with? Jesus. That's exactly right. And it's so rewarding. 
my favorite room in my house is my prayer room. It's in the basement. It's under my stairs. I've had it finished off. It's really small. And it's my favorite room. I can't wait to get down there. Sometimes I'm down there three times a day. And I'm struggling. I'm trying to think something through. I'll go down there and I'll just lay right out on my face and I'll just pray and I'll listen. And maybe I don't get an answer. I don't always get an answer. It takes time and effort. And a lot of times I just get God going, just trust me. Just trust me. And that's all I get. Just trust me. And I'm like, okay. And I constantly am saying, I don't want to make an error. I want to, I want to manage your resources properly. I want to give it to kingdom work. We are wired to give, to win the lost at any cost and to serve the least. And I'm like, God, show me the resources. Now, here again is the difference. I think once you're finally plugged in and God really understands you're willing to write the check and he knows what's in your bank account. So he's not going to ask you to write a million dollar check when you got 10 bucks in your bank account. He gets that. He's not going to do that. But as you're prospering and as God is asking you to give more, he wants to see you be faithful in a little. Mm-hmm. He wants to know you're dedicated to write the check. He wants you to, to commit that this isn't yours, whether it's $10 or it's a million dollars, it's not yours. And that literally, I can remember one year, we, I, we're at the end of the year, and we had made a significant amount of money, even beyond what I thought. And the CPA said, if you're going to keep with your giving platform, you're going to have to write a really big check at the end of the year. And it was a, was a very large six-figure check that we had to write. And and I said, okay, how much is it? He told me. And I said, I can't believe that we got off track there. And so I was writing that check and the CPA said, this must be really difficult for you to write this check. And I said, no, not at all. He said, really? He said, it'd be hard for me to write that check. And I said, hey, it isn't mine to begin with. It isn't hard for me at all. I write the check and I don't think anything about it. I have no ownership in it. And that's what being a diligent giver and just showing up every day and being persistent with your prayer and allowing God to move and waiting and watching and seeing the little things that he's doing to line things up for you. How could you not write the check? How does somebody transition from the, it's my business, and they may make a mental assent to that it's God's business, but there is a definite heart change that needs to happen so that you know that you know, and you freely open your palms up and say, this is your business. How would you counsel someone to move in that direction? Yeah, it's a great question. The, the first thing is, is that you have to, you have to start diligently working on your prayer life and, and your scripture reading. It's super important. But I'm going to tell you something that my dad told me when I started in business when I was very young. And my dad was a very wise man. When he said, this is what you're supposed to do. Keep your head down. Keep doing it. One day out of the blue, he said to me, Bruce, if you're cheating on your taxes, don't expect God to bless your business. Now, I wasn't cheating on my taxes. But his point was, if you're going to turn your business over to the Lord and you're going to put it's God's business on it, he said, expect God's going to want you to run it by the book. So there's a lot of Christian businesses. Now, listen, I'm telling you, I got to die to myself, die to the world, die to the flesh. I got to take up my cross every day. I have to work at this. And so we're not perfect. God knows we're not perfect. How quick will you get on your face like King David and repent once you know you've made an error? Once God shows you that you're making an error in your books, how quick will you correct it? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to let God come in and start working on you to say, you can't continue to do this? 
What does a business guy do when he gets a wad of cash? Does he deposit it and declare the income or does he stick it in his left pocket? If you're saying, I want to turn my business over to the Lord, but you're taking cash and you're putting it in your left pocket and you're not declaring it as business income and you're paying taxes on it, God is not going to bless your business. Now, you might be making a lot of money and you might think that's how God's blessing your business, but sooner or later, you're going to realize that's not the case. So just getting really diligent and real before the Lord, just getting down and saying, Lord, I am willing to turn this business over to you and I need you to show me everything that doesn't line up with, if I say this is your business, what I need to change. And sometimes those changes can't happen overnight. The business owner has to do things to, to get himself free of deals or things that don't please the Lord. He also understands that. He knows that you've made some mistakes, but now you're coming back and you're saying, okay, I want to do this different. If you're diligent, if you're willing he will help you unwind those deals and get out of them and start operating your business in a manner that pleases him. And so it's a stepping process. That's what I would say to people. And God knows your heart. God knows that you can't just immediately flip the switch. You can flip the switch in your heart, but you might have things that take time to get in line with your business to make it run properly in the way God would want you to run it. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, it's super encouraging. As we finish up here, how can people find out more about you? And then I'd like to have you pray for our listeners, please. We have a website called minitruckdepot.com, which is really the new business that God transitioned us into, which is a large dealer group where we certify off-road vehicles from Japan into the United States. You can contact me through that website. You can also contact me. My email is bruce at importvehicleservices.com. We also are working on a landing page for it. It's God's business, and I'm not sure if that's up yet, but we've kind of felt led by the Holy Spirit that we should put a it's God's business dot org landing page as we're getting more and more businesses asking us uh, and even wanting to move money through our nonprofit. We're re- basically going, hey, Lord, we're we're willing to do whatever you want us to do, and if people want to reach out to us and we can sharpen them, they can sharpen us. I'm always willing to have a conversation. That's great. If you would please pray for our listeners. Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to uplift this conversation that we've had today. And Lord, I just am praying specifically that for the business owner, the businessman, and the businesswoman that maybe you're trying to convict right now to change the way they're doing business, to make a course correction and turn their enterprise over to you, declaring that all that they have, all that they can do is a gift from you. And you're willing to bless that and They're willing to turn it over. And Lord, I know that there are business people out there that are seeking for this opportunity. And so even if there's just one today that turns the business over and says, kingdom is more important than the earthly stuff that I have, and I'm going to start operating this business the way you want me to operate it. Lord, that's what I'm praying for today. And I know that your spirit is convicting somebody just as we're speaking right now. And Lord, I just pray that that person would lay it all down and turn it over and start giving away the worldly wealth that they have and pushing their treasures forward to heaven. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Bruce, it was an honor to connect and hear your story today. Thanks for sharing it. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. 
Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.